to another episode of On Your Market Set Your View, your one-stop shop for entourage slop. I'm your host, Andrew. Join with me, not as always, but hopefully as always ever in your heart, watching, hearing his voice, laughing, smiling, and crying. Let's welcome your favorite guest in the world. You know him, you love him, you want to be him, but you don't want to be him at the same time, because... His life ain't so great. Matt. Why'd you have to tell him my life ain't so great, man? Come on. You know how Keep I be. Illusion. Come on. That's all I ask. Hey, use your illusion. So anyway, let's move on to someone whose life is much better in a much better place at this moment. Uh-oh. Will. <laughs> I would highly be highly skeptical of that. For instance, I don't that. own any gray shirts. So. Thank you. Will, Will's being modest. He's, of course, surrounded by models who are throwing $100 bills at him as uh, he's yeah. recording this. It's a, uh, yeah, greenbacks and uh, a lot of gold yeah, dust. Yeah. He's living the yeah. real entourage life. I'm half submerged right. in a champagne fountain. <laughs> That's going to give you like a disease. You know that, right? <laughs> like an infection or something. Yeah. I learned that from watching Undeclared. Possible on your mark show to review? We'll see. It's pretty Not good. this week. I don't know. I'm about to make it. The, I'm about to do it right now. <laughs> Everyone's seen Undeclared, right? Yeah. This episode is now about Undeclared. <laughs> okay, you convinced me. I'll change it back to Rune 237. Don't beg, please. Well, get off your knees. Anyway, Rune 237. If for those who aren't in the know like we are in the biz... It's a documentary about crazy people who say crazy things, and they are very crazy about the movie The Shining, about a crazy man who tries to kill his family. And it is the comedy of 2013? Uh, 2012, I believe. My mistake. The year Earth ended. So what did everyone think about Room 237 going in? Uh, uh, going in, I, I mean... I knew it was a movie about people espousing their uh, wild, uh, perhaps totally baseless theories about uh, The Shining. Um, I've seen think... The Shining once in my life, so I'm not like super... I'm familiar with the movie because it is totally permeated pop culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that... Um, it is like I've the Batman of, of horror movies. Yeah. So, Matt, what are your thoughts? Um, well... Going well, in. I'd seen it once before, but it, and so I kind of just remembered a lot of like weirder, crazier things that people say in the movie. But uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's an interesting film. I don't know. Sometimes it feels like about a half hour too long YouTube video, but otherwise, like <laughs> I enjoy it. I think it works really well as a movie. The editing and structure of it and just the presentation of it is what separates it from, like, you know, just, like, some guy on the internet going, like, look at this. There's a heart on it coming out of his dick. Oh, my God. It's a heart. <laughs> that is still my favorite part of the movie. I laughed so hard when that happened because you don't expect it to come. What's great about that is that it, it, the guy, when he's saying it, saying that an erection is swarming out of this guy's pants just out in a like one single frame in the movie he frames it as such a hilarious moment that he's sharing with all of us uh, he's like laughing he can't stop himself from laughing when saying he's like just, just straight on hard on coming out of his pants it afterwards he's, he's like it's see it's a joke i mean it's a serious joke but it's and I'm like a serious <laughs> joke what huh Okay. And then the, i think what makes it really funny afterwards is like right after that he describes seeing stanley kubrick in the clouds and no one can ever see that. I saw yeah. the point out after I pointed it out. That's because no one can see it except for you, you crazy fuck. I love that the, uh, <laughs> like, there's no narrator, but so many times someone yeah. will be saying something just straight wrong about the movie. And so they'll just show that moment in the movie and be like, yeah, see, there's no Stanley Kubrick in the clouds anywhere. Like, <laughs> Oh, there's also that great moment where uh, I think the NASA guy was talking about there being a room change and a title comes up and goes, we asked the hotel about this uh, room number. There was never such a room number. They denied all of this. And he's like, mm-hmm. uh, the hotel's lying to you. Right after that. Yeah. It's like it's such a funny comedic beat from this. Oh, that guy was... That guy's probably my favorite of them all just because of his, like, 
like assuredness that the moon landing was fake. <sighs> and yeah, just, he's oh, such an he's asshole. Just ass. yeah. And he's uh, like at the end, like where he's like, uh, "I'll probably get my taxes audited this year." Fuck yeah, off. right. <laughs> no one knows you. No one cares. I've been visited several times before. Uh, I, I, one of my favorite parts from that guy was when he's talking about the, <laughs> the titular room two thirty seven, and he's talking about the the key to it. And it was like, look, it says room number two thirty seven with number abbreviated with a little O. But what that has to mean is like all the capital letters are an anagram for moon room, and that's <laughs> where the shit was shot. Yep, and it's so stupid. <laughs> Well, let's. I think we should talk about the one good theory first off the bat, because there's actually good arguments. I think the Indian theory and the genocide actually has some good arguments for I think it. You can make a case for it. Yeah, I think yeah. some of the things go a little off. I think some of it, yeah, it's like some of it, you know, you really have to read into it, like the wording on the Kalamuk box or whatever they're called. Uh, yeah. That didn't sell me. But the, I think the one thing that did sell me on it was the elevator uh the blood elevator. We're talking about how we're closing the elevator doors. Like we're trying to repress our feelings on it and we can't really, uh, hold it back. Sure. And it's coming from the basement. That was interesting. Uh, are we aware that it's coming from the basement or I, I it think it was flo- it like floats it, up. Yeah. So yeah. that's the assumption. I, the other thing is too, is that like there is the actual uh, text of, um, what is it? The, uh, Indian burial ground. Yeah, which I mean, uh, well, I mean, the, the Indian burial ground is kind of a, a classical like you know building something on top of you know sacred ground or something. So I mean, for that to be an element in a horror movie is not a huge stretch or anything. I, mean, uh, I do think I, like the blood coming out of the elevator. I mean, the the blood comes out of the bottom of the elevator door as liquid is uh, sort of compelled to do by gravity. Okay, okay, Mister uh, Theorizist. <laughs> I just. Like, there's so much, like, conviction in these crazy people's talking, and I loved how, like, <laughs> personal they, like, they the one the guy, like, says yeah. Stanley. This yeah. is what Stanley did, Stanley, <laughs> over and over. <laughs> like, they personally knew each other. Uh, well, maybe it'd be really weird with Mr. Kubrick. <laughs> yeah. Like, if they're too informal or, like, formal with it. Yeah, there's no, like, middle ground. Well, Mr. Kubrick attended this with a shot, clearly. Yeah. Okay, and then the dumbest one has to be the guy who watched the movie at the same time backwards as forwards, right? God. It's just like, you don't Uh, really have to watch... I've got a great picture you need to use for the movie, Will, uh, for the thread, where uh, I have a picture of Danny eating a sandwich, and uh, (laughs) uh, Jack kind of staring menacingly towards the screen. It's like a death glare as Danny eats a sandwich... And Jack just stares. I think, yeah, I mean, I think all his theorizing in that was pretty much bullshit, but I do think, like, that would be almost fun. I mean, just seeing the little bits they played was kind of fun to watch. Um, uh, I mean, it was very not, it's not take, to be taken seriously, but it was funny. Exactly. Like, yeah. It just, like, especially when it gets to the end and he's like, oh, yeah, and you see, like, this last scene frames it with the first scene so very nicely. It's like, yeah, because they're the same scene. It's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> Every frame is so dense. There's so much going on. Uh, but let's get to the main point. Do you think this movie makes fun of these people or try uh, to treat these as valid interpretations? I don't think I, I it don't does think either. It, I don't think it is trying to push any of these theories as actual. I think this is just kind of... This is like, you know, theories about The Shining are like as old as the movie itself, seemingly. A tale as old as time. The song yeah. is... Old as Ryan. <laughs> sure. That, and his they, they speak of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spoken of in the uh, Epic of Gilgamesh, <laughs> ancient human tales. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just a way to sh- like put these on display and like illustrate them in a certain way. And I think when it, like on occasion, the director of the movie will kind of say something. He'll say, well, are you sure that was so serious? And then mm-hmm. he seems like he does not buy into this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I think what mostly is that he doesn't co- really come into the movie once to say anything. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really say his views, so I think that helps the movie a lot. Well, I yeah. think what he's kind of inviting you to do is like 
create your own interpretation of these in, these people's interpretations. Like he's like just yeah. presenting mm. this as its own. It's like a choose your own adventure movie. It's just uh, so silly. I think also this director has a bit of a preoccupation with this kind of uh, person. There's a, uh, before he made this, uh, I think, he made this YouTube video, and it's about, uh, you know, like those production company, like, title cards that they play before a movie? You know, you see, like, uh, DreamWorks or Touchstone yeah. or something. And it was all about how these people were really disturbed about this one title card that would come after the end of a certain TV productions. <laughs> it's, it's so insane. It's like these people talk about this as if it's the most disturbed and insane. It's something that to watch it would make you was mad. It sit, and, uh, was it sit, sit, uh, sit, good dog. No, yeah. no, it was, uh, the Dick ending from all those WB cartoon shows. Dick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, I mean, it's something exactly like that. And then you, like, watch it, like, well, that's ridiculous. So I think this is just, like, part of that guy's... Something that he likes. Well, to, he's uh, also done that uh, Sleep Paralyzed... Par- was Paralyzed? Paralyzed? Oh, yeah. Sleep I really want to see that. It sounds really cool. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I... If you don't know about it, it's where uh, he's interviewing all these people, giving their first-hand accounts of having sleep paralysis Ooh. when they uh, are asleep. It sounds really cool and scary. Mm-hmm. Too spooky. Don't laugh, Matt. It's actually supposed to be a horror documentary. It's supposed to be really cool. They reenact it. I'm, I'm a horrible person. I'm sorry. Yeah. How dare you make people in front of a condition? A condition. <laughs> Don't, whoa. Are you mocking them too, Will? Uh, as a person who has experienced sleep paralysis uh, on occasion as a younger person, I feel free to mock them. Uh, it's sleep paralysis where you can't really move and you kind of just like... I haven't had that too much, but yeah, like I get, I kind of like, I get like in a cotton in between state. It's mm-hmm. kind of comfortable it's, for me. I have yeah. a good time. <laughs> you, it is a sort of a sense of being locked into your body while being half awake. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is sleep paralysis. Hmm. I don't know. I find it enjoyable. Okay, I invite it. You weirdo. Uh, <laughs> uh, this movie is really funny. Though. I, I can't stress it enough. It's like every time someone will come up with something even like semi-cognizant, then someone will come around and be like, we'll see that poster on the wall. That's not a skier. That's a minotaur. <laughs> that's the most embarrassing moment of anyone's life. Like how? And it's like you said, it's so funny because it really is another comedy scene because when she keeps trying to describe it, it zooms in and you keep seeing like, no, 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 there's no way that could be a minotaur ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... I mean, there is like, you know, a labyrinth and there is some kind of labyrinth inventory, but I think that's really about as far as it goes. Yeah. It's because mazes are scary. <laughs> um, no, no. Minotaurs are scarier. <laughs> there's that, the woman who is espousing that theory later on in the movie is trying to, uh, she relates the story of trying to figure out, uh, what's up with the guy who's got like a split down his head. Yeah. And oh, she relates yeah. this insane story by your oh, kid. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's like, that has no relevance to, to anything. I, my mind was I'm like, what the fuck is she talking about? Am I going crazy? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh. There's it, it just I love how it just goes from like, okay, well, here's some like nonsensical yeah. stuff about like the trail of tears and all this stuff to just yeah, just like full blown crazy fans by the end. Like, what mm-hmm. the fuck is she talking? Like, it's like the kids telling this really crazy story. It's like animated now. You're like, I'm not. Hang on, I didn't pay to watch a fucking cartoon. I'm watching an adult movie. <laughs> yeah, not cartoon for fucking babies. Yeah. I'm not watching, like, Baby Boy Neutron or something. Yeah, like, the moon landing one, to me, is is just another, just like Stuart Woods. Like, he stands up, and he's wearing an Apollo 11 sweater. Because, yeah, like, there's a, a kid yeah. doesn't want to be an astronaut ever, right? Like That really mm. pissed me off. That guy is just a horrible person. Fuck you, <laughs> you monster. I don't hate on people for being crazy, but like, fuck you. We went to the moon, you well, fucking asshole. He's like, Stop shitting on science, you fucking piece of I'm shit. I actually took the time to like keep that edit in where he's like, well, I think we actually went there. I just don't think that, like, at least at least he's not that guy who ran up to Buzz Aldrin and then got punched in the face, you know? Good for Buzz Aldrin <laughs> punching that fucker in the face. Yeah, very <sighs> deserving. I, Alvin is to say it right now, we land on the moon. Anyone who doesn't believe that, fuck off. You are a moron and yeah. you are a monster. You are... What is wrong with science? And you are what's killing America. May you die in agony. 
let's is that just, you mean? Well, I'd say let's just settle all the conspiracy theories right now. Uh, uh, one man, one bullet. Uh, we went to the moon, and uh, the government was behind 9-11. Of course. I mean, well, just no, easy well, explanations. Well, you forgot it's that we're, uh, government's run by lizard people, which is true. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, everyone. Reptilians, that. I'm sorry. I should call them by their real name. It takes away their power. And, and chemtrails <laughs> are bullshit, but the smart meters are out to get you. Ooh, yeah. what are smart meters? What are smart meters? Yeah, oh, I never heard of that. Like, yeah, uh, they're the Wi-Fi power. Like they're they're the thing that reads your power to send to your power company to tell you how much you how much you owe. Now they're doing it wirelessly, and people just there's people who believe that they're a government conspiracy. Oh my god! <laughs> and every home in this nation, a smart meter. <laughs> if they're so scared, they should just kill themselves. <laughs> Yeah, Do you just, think a productivity in America would jump up like a thousand percent if all the conspiracy theories in America just kill themselves one day? Oh, yeah. Do you think it would be really... Uh, well, I mean, there was lots of people out there who seemed normal, but then, like, you, you if you talk to them on a certain subject at a yeah. certain point, they'll reveal themselves. Then they could be like, oh, how do you think about Barack Obama? Barack Hussein Obama? I'm not my president. He's a secret Muslim. <laughs> Fucking Muslim. Uh, but anyway, back to room 237. Uh, you mentioned the length before, Matt. And I gotta say, this movie flows by seamlessly for me. Yeah. it. Well, it does. I mean, it goes by pretty quickly. The thing it does that's nice is it chunks up everybody, so it's not just like nine, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, that's what really... Uh, I posted this in somewhere on the internet, and someone was saying that the movie would be better if they played out East Theory whole. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, it would not. Then it's like 20 minutes straight of listening to a crazy person talk. Yeah, I mean, it, sometimes it does get kind of hard to follow who whose theory is, is fitting in where at times. Yeah. But then I think it jumps back. Like, when you like get past like the first minute, you're like, oh, okay, I know what he's talking about now. Uh, I just want to point out to the listener that Matt apparently owns two dogs the size of uh, maybe like cows almost. Yeah, they're English mastiffs. Oh my god! How fancy! They they look like the size of three people. <laughs> oh my god! It's gonna eat him. <laughs> they weigh yeah. They weigh about <laughs> That's seven. Huge. And uh, <laughs> maybe forget what I was going to talk about. Well, you asshole. So I, I feel like that needed to be pointed out. Couldn't just let that lie. Uh, they're bigger than I am. They they look very handsome. Anyway, as I was saying, you maybe forget what I was talking about. Well, you asshole. Oh, we were talking about the length. <laughs> length. Oh yes. Um. Oh, oh God. Yeah. My mind's a blank. Just, How embarrassing! I just remembered another guy, the uh, the guy who's clearly high, like through the entire discussion. The one is that the one who has the, the kid? Screaming kid guy, yeah, the one who doesn't really. Yeah. S- my uh-huh. kid screaming, man. Yeah. <laughs> I go see my kid. Yeah, he's the one who doesn't really say like have like an, an overarching theory. He's just kind of like, man, The Shining's weird, right? Oh, you know, it's like yeah. there's this one transition shot, man. It's where this. Janitor's sweeping, oh and then it's transitioned between that and the forest. It's like a giant sweeping man that just blow your mind. <laughs> that that's one of my favorite parts of the movie because it's <laughs> such a dumb. <laughs> the janitor appears to be massive, like a giant. <laughs> like what is that supposed to mean? He's he's like sweeping away the forest. It means deforestation, man. Obama's <laughs> gonna get your guns. But um, god damn it! I had it again, then I lost it. Just like trying to grasp onto the shining's meaning, it's out there, but you can never really truly oh, grasp. One it. thing that is just undisputably true in this movie, right? The red, the crashed red Volkswagen Beetle. Like we all. That's, oh, that was that's awesome! So clearly, an fu to Stephen King. Like you don't. Yeah, I don't need that is funny need a documentary to tell me yeah. that, that was an fu to Stephen King. And then exactly yeah, like, the same book, uh, car in the book, right? Yeah, that's pretty hilarious. Well, I mean, they're both like. I mean, he says they're both Volkswagen Beetles, and one of them is just changed. Uh, 
Yeah, one's a- yeah. I'd say that. Yeah, that's a fair enough uh, uh, guess at, at per- perhaps a meaning there. Uh, and then, God damn it, I keep forgetting it. I get, I get it. Thank I swear to God, it's like uh, the fluorides in the water are messing with my brain. It's the chemtrails. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, it's the one theory. It's uh, a never dumb one. It's not the astronaut theory. Uh, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, oh, you know, the impossible the, house. That one's a really cool theory. Like the impossible window and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. That I that was the toughest one for me to. Follow. Yeah, it's like you had to believe Kubrick meant all of it, and it's not just simple continuity errors. And mm-hmm. I think also Kubrick was picking on the fact that who gives a shit mm-hmm. if the ho- hotel is impossible to navigate. It's yeah. not a real hotel. It's yeah. a set. Who's gonna you sit dummy. Here and draw out maps. Well, that lady apparently is going to sit there. Yeah, because it's a. It's like it's cool, but it's also like okay. So he made sure it's an impossible house to follow. You sure he's not just trying to build a set and make it look nice? Yeah, fit it with everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he built. Oh, it's one of the biggest sets ever made, I believe. Yeah, uh, and it. Uh, even then, you know, you still have to operate underneath budget constraints and what have you. You have to concede some things. Yeah, but like to these people, they just do not seem to accept that Stanley Kubrick was nothing less than an absolute perfectionist who would have yeah. See, this is a problem. Everyone uh, subscribing to the auteur theory in this. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's like it's just not even because then they're saying they're saying like, well, this is, he meant it to be about the Holocaust. It's like I, you can't prove that in any way shape or form like yeah exactly yeah and it's like you have to realize film making is a collaborative process no matter how much stanley kubrick wanted to have control of everything he could not possibly have control over literally everything going on mm-hmm. no matter how kubrickian he might be yeah yeah very yeah i mean he has a very strong control over his movies yeah. but you know can only go so well, far and i think my thing too is that like these people clearly have just like put like their personal stuff onto a movie and then but now they're well, uh, yeah. saying like this is what it actually is it's like no that's your personal reading of well, the movie the most telling moment for me is when the uh, NASA guy states outright like I didn't believe it until I saw the moon landing uh, the moon uh, Apollo 11 on his shirt then I fit everything to fit what I was thinking about <laughs> it's so bananas like you were falling for the trap you idiot like, you had a test. Life gave you a test, and you failed. You fucking <laughs> failed. Now, <laughs> fucking put on your tinfoil hat, idiot. Uh, <laughs> I'm cursing you how this episode. It just makes me angry, these people. <laughs> it's just like, you're just garbage. No, I get so... Like, thankfully, there is so, so much good humor that pops up from time to time that, like, keeps it watchable, because I do. I just get so frustrated with some of these theories. It's like that stupid Batman <laughs> yeah. thing that was floating around it. A, a couple of days or a week the, ago, the Batman's really in an asylum theory. It's just like just take it somewhere else. Oh, is that just like a general theory about Batman? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fan fan theories. I I believe uh, those will arise later in the episode. If I'm yes, mistaken. fan theories are, are seriously the worst. Yeah, I, I think I brought it up last episode. Yeah. Actually, but that's I, what I, led into this. Yeah, I think we'll get more into it right now because this is what well, the second half of the episode is going to lead to when they get in the games. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is there anything else people want to say about Rune 237? Um, uh, I, uh, there was one point where, like, a guy says, one of the people says that it's a movie about, like, everything, which I thought was funny. <laughs> like, w- what a nebulous concept that it is about, like, time and, and everything. And, like, absolutely everything. It's like a movie symbolizing everything. That's pretty much what he says. And it's like, how nonspecific is that? <laughs> That's awesome. It's about everything, man. It's about family. And st- Death, theory. Life. <laughs> and I think that's the guy who was talking about how the giant. Well, no, he was thinking that that he was the one saying that Kubrick was bored after he made Barry Lyndon because yeah. he made like the perfect movie or something. Oh, that guy was stupid. God yeah. damn it! He's like that's a great movie. Barry Lyndon, beautiful movie, but it's boring. Well, you know what? It's not boring. You're boring. Your fucking <laughs> yeah. talk is boring. You fucking moron. <laughs> God damn! I hate these people so much. Except for the Indian Massacre guy. He's all right. He can stick around. (laughs) Impossible Maze Lady's crazy, too, but you know what? At least she put thought into herself. And it's not overwhelmingly stupid. Yeah. 
that lady's clearly got uh, a lot yeah. of time on her hands, though, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, how many hours do you think she spent up mapping these shots? Yeah, that one guy, that one guy who clearly was was high the entire time, was just like, "Oh yeah, like I'm I'm recently unemployed." It's like, yeah, you don't say. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey man, I was unemployed. I got I got not much going on, but you know, they're trying a crazy movie. That giant mopping make you think, man. Make you think. So, uh, so well, we all recommend Room Two Three Seven to watch, right? Oh yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Highly entertaining documentary about dumb people saying dumb things about a great movie. Uh, speaking of which, what did everyone think of The Shining? I never asked. Uh, it's The Shining. I've seen it once. I thought it was pretty good. I think it's a great movie. I should really watch it. I haven't read the book, so I imagine that's a big complaint for a lot of people who read the book. I mean, I remember reading the book a long time ago and it not being much. I mean, it's got the same structure of the movie basically you know guy goes crazy yeah. red rum all that stuff but like yeah it's got elephants in it right uh, oh god i don't remember what it's, it doesn't it doesn't have a guy in a dog mask blowing another guy that i know yeah <laughs> and that's like the best part of the movie that for 100 like, nuts too like oh with some of that imagery i think that's what makes the movie so good is just how weird it is mm-hmm. Well, and they talk about it a like, bit in this yeah. movie too, like the missing chairs and stuff like that. Like that's to me not continuity errors. That's just Kubrick being like, "This is yeah. going to make people unsettled." That'd be really. I think that would be really cool that Kubrick meant it, but you know, it's really hard to think he meant yeah. it. And I mean, because uh, uh, that's also another part of that theory that bugged me. Is like, oh, he's just trying to make fun of these haunted house movies. I'm like, no. no, where, where do you get? That's the only part of the movie that you could point out and go, hey, he's making a joke because the chairs moved out of the shot. Like yeah, you, you don't see the chair. If it would be funny, if you just see the chair move out of the frame by itself, yeah. <laughs> and no one notices it or Thomas, then that would be a funny parody. But it's not. So you're stupid. Uh, have Have either of you seen the uh, made for TV version of The Shining? Which, oh uh, no, I, I know. Think it has that. one of the guys from Wings in it playing a yes. Stephen Weber. Yeah, and I think Stephen King likes I that think somewhat. King yeah, that's that. I think he was like, I yeah, he have it. to make my own version of it, and like it will. And oops, yeah. who directed it? Do we do we know or her care? I don't know. Yeah, some no name fuck. Yeah, Richard asshole. Bachman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kent Brockman. Anyway, let's move on to the second portion. Before we get to games, let's talk about fan theories, because fuck them. Oh, I thought you were gonna do read an ad or something. What? I thought you were going to read an ad. Like, before we get to that, let's, uh, for a word from our sponsors. Oh, speaking of that, I do have a sponsor today. Oh, no. Hey, okay, here we go. <clears throat> so, uh, do you guys like Entourage? Uh, not really. Then you'll love Talking About Turtle, your one-stop shop for Entourage Slop, a podcast oh. produced by us, Truly, and starring me, Truly. Do you like fun humor? Do you like turtle then you'll love talking about turtle your one-stop shop for entourage lot catch it on tuesdays maybe uh, whenever will feels like putting it up <laughs> usually mondays i think tuesday's a good day to put it up uh, okay because <laughs> it differentiates from the onion mark so it gives people to calm down <laughs> yeah if they can have time to properly absorb our other podcast <laughs> anyway that ends the ad for talking about turtle your one-stop shop for entourage lot uh, speaking of which, we went to the premiere of the movie. Great. How was it? We didn't get to see the movie, but it was great, oh. the premiere. <laughs> we got to meet Lou Diamond Phillips. Wow. Yeah. The- and we read, read, read Diamond, too. It was great. Wait, Lou Diamond Phillips and Reed Diamond? Yeah, Journeyman himself, was I know. Was Diamond Dallas Page there to complete the trifecta? No, it's... Are you, oh, I get or it. Was Lou make a Reed joke. there to complete the, uh, the quadfecta? Uh, Lou Reed's dead. Rest in peace, B.I.H. Burn in hell. Anyway, let's move on to the second portion, fan theories. Fan theories. Fuck them. I hate them all so much. End of segment. (laughs) Yeah, they're just... It's just endless posturing, and it's just dumb people trying to sound smart and trying to think they understand something, and they don't. Is there any good Theron theory that anyone has read ever? Can you even think one of off the top well, of your head? I've got one that I do really enjoy. 
enjoy. Um, my friends, when we were watching uh, Hobo with a Shotgun, the Rutger Hauer oh, classic. Oh, God. Uh, I fucking hate that movie. So it's a, I, it, apparently, according to my friend, and I was too drunk to notice it, but he explained it to me that it's, a, uh, it's an allegory for the Communist Manifesto. And it actually all kind of checks out when you break it all down. Like, it's just like he's the, pro- like, the hobo's the proletariat, and he wants this lawnmower engine that he can't have, and that's the means of production that's out of the hands of the worker. And, like, it just, like, goes <laughs> down the line. And I'm just, like, sitting there, like, afterwards, just like, you know, that's actually, you know, that that's actually right. Well, I think that's different. That's, like, critical analysis in the movie. I think there's a big difference between fan theory and critical analysis. Like, critical analysis, like, okay, you're, like, picking out the themes in the movie, and you're able to, like, to come up with maybe what the filmmaker's intent was. Fan theory is like when people just make up bullshit about a movie to make it fit their needs. Like, um, you were saying the Batman fan theory earlier. That's something just like, hey, a little bit of fun for you nerds out there, right? It's like someone just endlessly poking your ribs with garbage. Yeah, it's it to me, it's just like two guys sitting there, like uh, high sophomores, just... <laughs> All right, man. Okay, so listen to me. Okay, Batman. Just think about it. Like Bruce Wayne, he's crazy, right? So what if he was actually crazy, man? Oh no! What if all Pixar movies are related, bro? Like, there's a fish in uh, Toy Story two, and fish in Finding Nemo. Think about it. Did he die? <laughs> he died. Oh His my head God. exploded from being so dumb. <laughs> well, you got to take a hit, bro. Oh, uh, Took it up. <laughs> I'm trying to scramble to remember a fan theory. Uh, uh. <sighs> so, uh, uh, what if? Uh, 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 I think he's just himself. <laughs> <laughs> do you got one on that uh besides the stupid batman one yeah yeah come up with another one uh, i mean i just think like it's anybody who's like read one book with an unreliable narrator it's just like everything's got an unreliable narrator now oh god all right you know worst one is we all seen the end of breaking bad right yeah okay oh, I know and the, the final the final episode uh walt's in the car he's freezing and he's looking for the keys. He can't find it. And he closes his eyes for like a brief moment. And he's like, <sighs> and we aim for the siren to pass, and they pass. And the rest of the episode happens. And everyone's saying like, oh, you know what would be really cool, man? If, <sighs> oh, Walt died in the car. And those are his last thoughts getting revenge. <sighs> yeah. It's just so dumb because just like, I mean, the ending of the show is, I don't think it's a great ending where it just kind of plays out too well. Like, everything does kind of go with Walt's plan. Everything kind of plays out too well. And that's, I guess, what they're playing on, all these idiots who come up with the theory. It's like, you know, the writing of the show is not infallible. It could have been just they didn't write a very good ending. And it still wouldn't be a good ending if he just died in the car. That's still terrible. I don't want to get too much into why I like the way the ending works, but I, I do think that, like, those people kind of missed what was, like, to me, at least the emotional part of the finale, which is, like... Walt, like, having that confrontation with Skylar, and as soon as you... Well, that's probably the most important part, really. So, like, you try, like, uh, yeah, like, I'm glad it makes you feel better about the show you were watching, that you don't get to go, like, watch the lat, like, the way it finally plays out at the end. Like, you could say, oh, that's just a dream, but, like, it's the way it's the way the story was always going to play out, you know? Well, I think you touched on the most uh, enraging fan theory of all. It was just a dream. For what purpose is that for anything? What does that give the audience back? It gives you fucking nothing, you fucking troglodyte morons. I'm gonna. I'm sorry for yelling so much on this podcast and cursing because I usually don't get this aggravated unless I watch like Spider-Man Two, Amazing Spider-Man Two, I should say. But holy shit, you are gotta be the worst fucking people on earth. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe a hair worse than ISIS. Like a- Okay. ISIS, yeah. A lot of warlords. Yeah, we're worse than all. Yeah. The Khmer Rouge. (laughs) 
Baton Rouge. Bill Cosby, you're worse than him. <laughs> no, no, not worse than Bill Cosby. No, He's right. like the ultimate evil on earth. <laughs> Uh, but Bill Cosby is worse than ISIS. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> well, let it lie. Yeah. At least ISIS is upfront about their horrible activities. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least ISIS is not performing a stand-up cubs going, <laughs> how about I get you guys a knife? <laughs> at least, yeah, at least ISIS did not fool us by putting a, a, an image on of being a funny uh, a guy with a you know, great... But let's not get too serious with Bill Cosby because he is history's greatest monster. Uh, <laughs> let's talk more about how awful fan theories are. It's a fun show about us yelling at people. Hey, listeners. If you want to contact us at On Your Market Set Review, you can find us at onyourmarketsetreview.wordpress.com, email us at thinwhitedudes at gmail.com, you can also visit us at our Facebook page, interact with your favorite contestants, and give us the most scathing claims that we truly deserve. You can also find us on iTunes. Now, back to the show. <laughs> All right, so uh, you guys already said my beginning question. Let's move on to games. Because, Matt, you already talked about the first question, which was Batman. And you have to pick the fan theories between this. Uh, my fan theory is, was Batman shot in the head when getting robbed and is in a coma? So he's imagining everything. <laughs> Gotham City is displaced in time and space, which explains the 1930s aesthetic mixed with gothic uh, aesthetic and all the TVs being in feature. And then obviously the Arkham Asylum one. So we'll ignore that. We'll play the actual cool game. Did we say what we were playing for? Oh, fuck off. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm glad you said it, not me, because I would have forgot. <laughs> I'm playing for Lockout, better known as Space Jail. Space Jail. <laughs> I seen 30 minutes of it, then turned it off for some reason. Uh, I, uh, I hope I win. I was enjoying it. I don't know. I haven't finished it yet. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be playing for... Uh, the. Uh, the new uh, Netflix series by the Wachowski brothers, Sense Eight, just Ooh, came out. Oh, baby! This very day. I can't wait to watch that. I hope Will wins because Matt, I don't want to watch Lockout. Uh, I would be like disappointed. to watch again. Technically, I have all the upper hand in this game because this is make up your own fan theory, why don't you? We're gonna have six different categories and six other different categories. You want to choose a number from one through six. And A through F. You pick one of these, and it gives you a movie, and it gives you a fan theory to pick around. So, for example, I give you uh, the Shawshank Redemption, and you get... uh, He was dead the whole time. You have to come up with a a fan theory, how that can make sense. Okay. Okay. All right. Will, pick a number, one through six. Uh, 6B. 6B, okay. <laughs> I can't wait for you to pick this. Matt, your turn. 6 and B are off the table. 3E. <laughs> this is going to be good. All right. Who would like to get their uh, theirs first? Uh, I guess I'll go first. All right. Well, you get the movie is Jack Reacher, and the fan theory is it was all a dream. <laughs> uh, boy, let me think. Well, hang on. Let me tell Matt first, so you can get in the game too, Matt, and think of something. Your is Mystery Science Theater Two Thousand, and it is the Butler did it. There, okay, so uh, the the theory is that um, in Jack Reacher, there's a scene in which Jack Reacher is framed for murder, and uh, he has to take off, and there's a pretty good car chase, and uh, he, <laughs> uh, at one point, um, it's not shown on screen, but 
he is shown to miraculously evade the cops uh, beyond any sort of reasonable point. So I think it's only logical you can infer that he crashed his car and was put into a coma. And what the rest of the movie is, is a dream in which uh, he continues doing his scrappy Jack Reacher thing. Uh, he manages to disappear and with the help of uh, a crowd of civilians to disappear uh, onto a bus, I think. And uh, the rest of the movie is all, you know, playing out with, you know, what Jack Reacher thinks about everything. Uh, people <laughs> seem to be villains or, or, or actually turn into good guys. And it's all, it just, it, you know, it just plays out with what uh, Jack Reacher thinks about things. All right. Good uh, theory. Well, Matt, you're <laughs> on the table. <clears throat> the butler made Manos hands of fate. Have you seen Manos hands of fate? You mean hands, the hands of fate? Yes, yes. hands, hands of the fate. The butler did that. He wasn't a fertilizer. Well, gets a point. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, since, since you embarrassed yourself with that one, I'm going to let you get the first pick here. All right. Uh, Six and three are off the table, and as well as Beanie. Four, eight. Four, eight? Okay. This could work. I'm telling you, it could work. All right. Will. Uh, what are my options? You get one, two, five, C, D, and F. Uh, five, F. <laughs> oh, my God. You picked the worst one. The worst <laughs> one. Uh, I don't know who should I read first because, you know, I'll pick Matt first so you can enjoy this because you have a nice one to do. I give you aliens and time travel. Well, you have Wet Hot American Summer, and Man is a Real Monster. <laughs> I've seen Wet Hot American Summer once. Uh, man is the Real Monster. <laughs> Matt, I'll give you uh, a minute to come up with something. Okay. So I'm actually going to tie it into the start of Aliens 3 because that's bullshit, Ooh. right? So uh, what happens is we get to the end of Aliens 2 and they, they fly off into it. And then we get to this, somewhere along the lines, Hicks dies, right? Like everybody, everybody dies except for, except for Ripley. And, uh, and so at the, end, at the start of the third one, they have to kill him. So instead of, instead of dying, he... Uh, Hicks just steps into a time loop and goes back to the beginning of, a- of Aliens and is just constantly reliving Aliens. <laughs> I like Siri. Well, go ahead. Um, uh, man, uh, uh, in Wet Hot American Summer, uh, <laughs> 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 um, uh, it's actually uh, oh, man is the real monster. It doesn't really have any ecological themes that I can picture. Uh, what? Yeah. What? What is lying underneath the surface of Wet Hot American Summer is the fact that man seems to feel it has a natural right to uh, build structures upon nature and uh, subjugate it uh, in the form of uh, summer camps and what have you. Um, it is all you know. All the characters represent certain uh, human archetypes. Uh, to conquer uh, uh, the land itself, uh, such as the the, the <laughs> Christopher Maloney character, who is uh, represents the military, and the Michael Ian Black, uh, who I think doesn't he like have a running gag of killing people or something? <laughs> he represents our sociopathy as a race. Uh, it kind of goes on from there. Well, that's very inspired, but I'm sorry that was wrong. <laughs> Matt gets a point. And that's not just because I wanted to be a tie, and I wanted to get to the last two. <laughs> uh, and I'm the, very excited. His theory was better. Yeah. I'm very excited for this. Will, you pick first. What, what what can I pick from? You can pick one, two, or C and D. Uh, two C. Oh, I was hoping you picked that. Thank you, Matt. You have the best slash worst choice. I'm afraid. Correct, Matt. One D, Will, two C. Will, do you want to get yours first or second? 
Uh, just give it to me now. Yeah, lay it on me. You have Jurassic Park, and it's a connected universe with a film of your choice. Ooh. <laughs> Matt, you have Thomas the Train Engine, and alternate universe. <laughs> Is that, I don't think there's even a. I think that's reality, isn't it? Doesn't Thomas Tank Engine exist in uh, the train universe and then like the station? Yeah, I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, uh, Jurassic Park uh, takes place uh, upon the Isla Nublar, right? Or is it Isla Sorna? Which one of these Mexican Isla, Isla Nublar is where uh, Jurassic Park takes place. Uh, uh, so, it, and um, uh, coincidentally, uh, this island is is the island on which uh, the crew is stranded on Gilligan's Island. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, Skippy? <laughs> Skippy. No, I'm thinking of uh, uh, Mr... Uh, Rogers. Uh, who are the rich? Who are the rich people on Gilligan's Island? Uh, Nancy. Uh, the professor. No, no. Professor Charles Xavier. Thurston. Or Thurston. Yeah, the Howells. Thurston Howell. Uh, and uh, uh, he's uh, his vast fortune was passed on to uh, uh, the rich guy in Jurassic Park and uh, John Hammond. They were. Yeah, John Hammond. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great theory. So Matt, your theory. <laughs> Uh, so my theory is that uh, Thomas the Tank Engine doesn't just take place in the two worlds that we know about which is our, our realm of reality and the Thomas the, the animated train realm of reality but it, it also it, it um, occasionally will blend into the Mad Max reality <laughs> and uh, so we've got uh, reports of Thomas coming home with uh, silver spray paint just all over his, <laughs> the front of his uh, caboose, or not his caboose, but his uh, train car. M- mouth hole. Yeah, his engine, tank, his yeah. engine yeah. car, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what powers him, not charcoal, silver spray paint. All right, here's how one of you can get the game-winning point. If I threw an Harry Potter into one of these scenarios, what would happen? Just a Andy Will. one. Just Harry Potter. What happens, Will? Uh, um... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Harry Potter. I'm not sh- Matt. Uh, uh, Harry. Harry Potter. Uh, Will. <laughs> Will. Uh, um. Uh. <laughs> Jason Voorhees. Go. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, it, Jason. How, how, I don't know how I was supposed to cram this into a I fan. Cram, now, I, now, Jason, uh, I can cram into something. All right, Matt, go ahead. I would go ahead and just cram Jason into all of these, and he would just teleport around murdering everybody until it was just a Friday the 13th <laughs> movie. Okay. That doesn't really fit into Thomas the Trunk Engine, so I'm going to have to fit that. <laughs> oh, I only have to give just that point totally to Will. murder in a tank engine. <laughs> uh, well, you win the game. Congratulations. Oh, my God. I don't think I deserved it, but <laughs> here we are. Well, none of you really deserved it for that final round. Not to be mean, but you all sucked. I blame your fan <laughs> theories. Uh, they're all great. I gave you gold. I gave you golden ones for the end. I gave you Tasha Trank Engine alternate universe, and well, I gave you Jurassic Park and a universe to fit in with any kind. You could have put in King Kong. Uh, sh- uh yeah. <laughs> we just talked about King Kong literally five minutes ago, and you got like. Oh yeah, he fights a T Rex in that movie. There, could that fit into Jurassic Park? Nah. Well, how would that fit into? Because they genetic. The they get a genetic testing and then they accidentally make a big King Kong. Well, well, what do they transport them back in time too to the 1930s? Well, then they have his DNA by accident in one of the a- amber, and <laughs> and they accidentally. B.D. Wong's like, oh, this is a weird dinosaur. It's all hairy. It, it does make about as much sense as any given fan uh, theory. Though. I did just think of uh, actually one that does cross over with the Lost World stupidly in a fan theory type thing, which is Godzilla. There's totally a Godzilla reference in Lost World. So there you go. Wait, in Lost? In Lost World. 
the uh, oh, the, the oh, is, yeah. is that oh, one yeah. the Japanese? Oh, I think I'm at Lost, the show. Oh yeah, God. Well, Lost could be the. I'm like, oh wait, Godzilla. Because he has Slushjo in Cloverfield. Oh yeah, Cloverfield. Does Cloverfield take place in Lost? Probably. Why not? That that's a fan theory right there. I, I don't. As a fan theory, you could pit a big old smooch on. <laughs> so, Will, congratulations! You won the game. Some might say you both really didn't win anything, but you know what? They're haters. They're right. Oh. So, Will, congrats! You won. Yay, Will. I, uh, like, Will! I, I Will! Will! Guess we'll Will! Guess we'll be watching. Will! Will! Sensate. Will! Woo-hoo. I have no idea how long it is. It could be fifty episodes long, and so we'll have to watch it all within a week. Uh, I did not do my research. Have fun, have fun cramming that whole uh, Wachowski, J.M. Straczynski mix into the... That thing's going to be crazy. Yeah. I don't think I could watch all 13 episodes in a week. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, we'll see. They have a, a, a talent for editing. So are we ready to end the show? Uh, I guess so. This has been another week at Onyamari Get Set Entertain You? Thank you. <laughs> it's pretty funny, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't fucking mock me. That was my tell me why fucking so baby. Well. <laughs> we watch Neighbors. I don't want anyone to ever do that again. Fair enough. Hey, there's more Neighbors out there for you yes, to watch. Yes, Josh told me about it. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> anyway, goodbye. Get out of my house. Thanks for listening, everybody. I can't wait to go to Epcot for Food and Wine Festival. I'm going to get fucked up. One time I got a drink. I drank at literally all the countries around the world. And that's like 26 countries. All 26 countries in the world. Yeah, all 26 countries in the world. And apparently I got so drunk I ate food off the floor at one point. And then I got <laughs> sick. The Epcot floor? What, what? Uh, well, my friend dropped food and I ate it. What, what kind of? I mean, the type of food is kind of crucial here. It's like what, it was like in a stick. Uh, okay, it's like yeah, beef. That could be pretty sticky. Yeah, I think that'd be fine, right? Uh, <laughs> it depends on where you drop it. On the fucking floor at Disney. <laughs> and it was like ten seconds. He said, and he said, like, first, like, don't eat that." Like, hey, man, I can eat it. It's okay. It's okay. See, it's still good. I'm surprised you didn't get a parasite <laughs> afterwards. Well, I had was sick for three days from that. Of course you were. It didn't have. It didn't happen until I went on a plane ride, and then I was sick on the plane. It was the worst plane ride of my life. I would imagine so. Anyway, this is getting cut out of the podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might find a way to put it in there. <laughs>